0: All right. We are live. Let's go.
1: Okay. Sick. So, let's see. I believe that we also get that will start up here. Okay, cool. So, let me check them on my Facebook, see if we have people in here. Cool. Let's get started. Okay. Cool. What's up, guys? Welcome. Um, we are super stoked. This is our first time, like going. That's my first time going live at Facebook. To be honest with you, which I'm super stoked about. And I get to share it with you, Zach, which is even more dope. So, anyone who's catching the replay, what's up, guys? Um, we're gonna kind of just shoot the shit, talk about the foundations of business. Um, I'll just intro Zach super quick. Zach is um, one of my really awesome partners with business. He is a coach who is absolutely phenomenal in this space, focusing on helping coaches go from their first starting steps to be making their first 10k months in business. And uh, he is like an absolute savage of a human. So Zach, I'm stoked awesome. to have uh, you today,
0: with Kendall, thank you so much for the intro. Hello everybody. It's nice to meet you guys. My name is Zach. I uh, am like Kendall said, I'm a business partner, but we also run a separate program. That's, it goes, it goes parallel or actually, I don't know if it goes parallel, but it's adjacent to Kendall's program. So really what we focus on is we work with coaches who are just getting started. So like ground zero, like, just starting their Instagram, just got their certification. They've never even worked with a client before. So we help them go from absolute noob to at least, you know, junior to senior year of high school. And then what Kendall does is she takes them from graduation and runs them through college. Uh, so we work with coaches that kind of get started from around the zero to 3K mark. We help them get up to five to 10K. And then Kendall works with them to scale them past 10K. So it's, uh, it's really awesome. I think it's, you know, something I love to do every single day. We built out a pretty good system to predictably get coaches from that zero to that five to 10k mark, which is great.
1: Hell yeah. Cool, dude. So I want to talk to a little bit about like more of the pillars of like the foundations and getting started with business because I kind of got in lucky. I kind of got lucky getting in super early. And I know for me, it was a lot of like inbound lead generation. And I know that the, it's really changed a lot to be honest with you, just like over the past, especially like year and a half from what I've noticed. And I know, getting into it can be super overwhelming. Um, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of like, where do I start? Almost like people with fitness. Um, there's a lot of just like different information out there and kind of knowing like where the, you know, start what the foundation is. So Zach, I would love for you to maybe talk a little bit about like what you feel like the pillars are for business, especially like when you're just getting started in the space.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So something that I found because I was a coach myself, I was a personal trainer myself in, I always wanted to go the entrepreneurial route i always wanted to have you know my own business and so when i first got started i went and got an issa certification and it was great because they taught me how to program a client they taught me how to assess a client they taught me how to build out workout plans but by the time i got to the end like they're like yeah so to get clients just like get business cards and get a website and so i did that and nothing happened and i was like well where do i go from here so I went to a gym, they didn't provide any support for helping me build a business. And pretty much the offer they made was just above minimum wage. And I was like, I don't wanna be working at a gym for the rest of my life. And uh, so I was kind of left with twiddling my thumbs with all this information, and all this passion to help people. And I was like, I don't know where to go from here. So my thought process was to go get another certification. Maybe if I went and got uh, certified in nutrition, that would help me get clients. And again, it was the same thing. They taught me how to program clients. They taught me how to assess the clients. They taught me how to communicate and become a great coach, but they didn't teach me anything about how to actually land clients and take my business full time. So with the certification, the education out in the fitness space, there's re- they really only provide one side of the coin, which is just the actual coaching side, which is great. Like That's awesome. You need that to be a coach. But if you also want to own your own business, there's another side of the coin that the industry doesn't really tell you about You have to be business savvy. You have to have knowledge about business. You have to understand how to start your own business and understand marketing and sales. So that's kind of what led me down my journey for getting my business started. And what I learned, I was able to package into a very simple system with PTVI. We've pretty much broken it down to five main areas of business. And this is what we call the five pillars, right? And so pillar number one is leadership. So having the confidence to really show up powerfully online, this is like where most people get stuck, right? Creating content, showing up, speaking on their stories, actually signing on clients confidently, that your leadership pillar has to be in check. Because if you are going to lead people, you have to lead yourself too. The second thing is marketing understanding how to separate yourself from coaches online. So that way you're not just another online coach, you're not just another personal trainer, but you are the CEO and founder of a specific transformation program that helps a specific person get a specific result, right? It stands out, it's sexy, it's very spicy. The third thing is lead generation. So teaching you how to generate leads using social media. Uh, So not just like putting out a call to action and waiting for someone to come to you because that's like extremely unpredictable. Like I know for you, when you got started, you probably had like 15 leads on the first day. For me, it was crickets, right? So I had to, I had to understand how to go out there and actually get my own clients and generate leads consistently. Pillar number four is sales. Whether you like it or not, if you are starting your own business, you have to be a good salesman. Doesn't matter if it, it's not something that you're comfortable with, doesn't matter if it's not something you wanna do, you have to get good at it because in order for people to you know become a client, there needs to be a sales transaction. Right, so you need to have a good sales process in which you're able to sign clients confidently and authentically. And then the last pillar is delivery. Right, So having a good system on the back end in which you're able to manage clients, in which you're able to you know, communicate with your clients, and really just deliver an awesome service. So I found the reason why we nailed it down to five is because if you're missing any one of the five, you're not going to have a good business. Right, you can have the best marketing, lead gen, sales, and delivery system, but if you don't have the confidence to show up every single day online, you're not gonna you're not gonna get anywhere. You can have the best leadership, the best lead gen, sales, and delivery, but if you don't have the marketing down, you're not gonna separate yourself. You're just gonna get blended in. Right, same thing with lead generation. If you if you're not able to generate leads, it doesn't matter how good your marketing or sales is. You don't have any leads for a business. If You can't close on the phone. It doesn't matter how many leads or marketing or delivery systems you have. you can't close, you're not going to have a business, right? And then lastly, if you have a poor service, you're not going to get very far. So that's why we pretty much discovered those are the five pillars that you need in order to go from zero to at least 10K to even more than that.
1: And it's kind of funny too because I think the big thing is like, one, they all coincide with one another. And I think a lot of them take the same characteristic traits, especially like leadership and mindset being the foundation because I think leadership traits and qualities that you want to instill in yourself from the beginning you take those into your sales calls, you take those into lead gen and like doing DM outreach, you take that into delivery, which leads to retention. Um, and I think that's like really the key factor for a lot of people is so many people, you know, they kind of turn to like looking at influencers and people who can just put out a direct call to action and get a, like a lot of inbound leads, and they might think like that's the foundation for them. But one of the big things that I've recognized too is like if you master your life and Yourself and your character traits that you think are vital to instill into other people and the values. Like you become a master of your life, then you master your business, and that's something I think this last year for me has been really big too. Um, But it's also super overwhelming when you first get started. So um, I'm going to ask you the one question I think the most people ask me. Um, Zach, what do you feel like the first step is when you're focusing on trying to get into the world of online coaching?
0: Yeah. So here's here's uh, okay. So Most people don't like this question Mm -hmm. and I think it's the absolute best thing that someone could do is work for free, right? I think it's the best thing that you could do because you're able to confidently build experience working with clients. You're able to build out your systems on the back end. You're able to build confidence. I think working for free is like the best thing that you can do when you're just getting started because when you go into it with the intention of making money, one, you're focusing on the wrong things. And then two, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself because if, if you're getting charged for that and you, you've you never done this before, then you're going to lose sleep at night thinking, holy shit, I don't know what I'm doing and this person's counting on me. Whereas before – or on the other hand, if you're working for free and you're just working with like two or three clients, then you guys are both in this together. You're building that confidence. And then once you have your systems in place and once you show yourself that, hey, you can actually do this, you can start charging and raising your prices for that. That's something I actually – Yeah, I I talked to all my PTBI students. When you're first getting started, your first three to five clients take them on for free because it's going to be more valuable for you to learn than it is for you to try to make money. Right.
1: And I think another thing, too, is like getting those first 10 to 20 clients on your roster is so tough. Like those first few are like the hardest to get on there because you don't really have credibility. It's like when you get out of college. And like, you have your degree, but they're like, no, we're looking for someone with experience. It's like, how do I get the experience to be able to then get this job? You know? And I think that's one of the biggest problems that I see a lot of coaches face. And I think when you're in the credibility building phase, which honestly never stops, in my opinion, yeah. um, I, I genuinely think it never stops. Um, it, it gets a little easier, I think over time, cause word of mouth and like, you've already built up, you know, followings and, you know, people know who you are, but In the beginning, I think another thing, too, is like really accommodating, even sometimes with pricing and things like that to fill your roster can be really helpful Um, because also, too, you're going to build up deliverables as you go. I think so many people hold themselves back with the thought of, oh, I'm not a good coach because I don't have a 12 week course and I'm on trainerize and I don't have, you know, all these things in place. So then imposter syndrome creeps in and. I wonder for you zach like with your clients if that's something that's pretty relevant like what advice do you give to them when you know they're just getting started and they don't have all those deliverables in place
0: yeah so there's there's something i want to tack on to that before i actually answer this question uh there's something that i call the 20 client threshold which means like your first 20 clients are going to be the hardest ones that you sign but once you pass that 20 client mark once you have a roster of at least 20 clients you will never Ever have to go get a day job ever again? Because even if you lost five clients, whereas if you lost five clients where you only had five clients, it's devastating, right? Whereas if you lost five clients when you had twenty clients, you still have fifteen clients left, right? And you're still able to build off of that, and you're still able to grow. And by that point, it becomes a flywheel where where the mouth spreads, momentum builds. I always say once you pass that twenty client threshold on your roster, you'll never ever dip below that again. And your business will just, unless unless you absolutely just made a terrible decision, lost all of your clients, like that's a freak accident. But that's like usually the goal I tell my clients to go for is like, just get a 20 client threshold. Once you pass that, you're good. Uh, but what was the other question again?
1: Uh, so basically, like when people have that imposter syndrome creeping in because they, oh, the they have like, you know, full full courses and deliverables in place, like what advice do you give?
0: Yeah, well first thing first, I would say wait on building deliverables because you don't want to put so much time building something that your clients don't even need, right? When I was when I w- when I built PTBI for example, I did not build any single course until I worked with at least 5 to 10 trainers because I didn't even know what questions they had. And then even as I was building PTBI, I was getting more and more questions from new trainers, so I started building that. So I I always say work with your first 5 to 10 clients one on one. I want and I would even advise hopping on Zoom calls every single week. I know most coaches are like, no, don't do weekly Zoom calls. Like it's not scalable. But when you're first getting started, it is so helpful for you as a coach to learn what kind of questions your your clients are asking and what kind of resources they actually need. So that way you can hop off that call, build them that resource, and then the next time a client comes around, you already have the clients, you already have the the resource for that client. So one thing I always say is that you're not gonna have your dream business between your first five to 10 clients, but you'll probably, you'll, you will have your dream business by your hundredth client, because by the time the hundredth client comes around, you have all the resources built, you'll know exactly what questions, what kind of support they need. So just know that like, you're not gonna have the perfect business right away. But by the time you're a year into this, two years into this, three years into this, you'll have enough time to build everything that you need correctly to, you know, deliver that, those results.
1: Yeah. I think another thing to tack on to that too, is like, I remember when I first got started with business or with fitness coaching, like I coached for two years without any deliverables besides a welcome packet that had a few additional notes about getting started on macro tracking. And that was literally it. So I had to go all in doing like group calls weekly for my clients. I had like a group chat that I would start up and then I ended up building up my course. And one thing too, is like, I've noticed for coaches, especially in the space, like your niche kind of evolves over time. So I'm just going to give an example, like, I started off as someone who just helped someone who, you know, recovered from eating disorders and now they're looking to get a better relationship with food. But over time that evolved into harder pain points like we notice people who came from restricted class have gut health issues you know birth control issues hormone issues so we can kind of niche down over time which also helps you tack on to more delivery i rebuilding my course like four times because i built it prematurely so that's another thing too to consider is like you can always just add on or add more things on as you go and that's something i found works a lot better so that way also like you said zach i mean you're taking away from lead generation to even get started. If you're building this course and you have no one to put into it, it's like, you know, you yeah. spend a lot of time building it. You it might as well focus on credibility building first.
0: You know what it is? It's a form of procrastination. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Building a course, building up resources before you get started is a form of procrastination because you're just procrastinating, getting started with the actual clients.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's what I've noticed too, is it's almost like a perfectionistic tendency. It's almost like a scapegoat for not showing up and like not doing the calls to action, but not starting the actual business up and taking payment over the phone, like doing the sales calls is it's like you said, yeah, a form of procrastination. So I think one of the bigger things is like, obviously people really focusing on showing up and like being able to build a credibility factor, kind of like you said, with stepping into leadership. So for people who are really having trouble with showing up, Um, how do you feel like, you know, they can kind of get into the right headspace to focus on being able to show up and and knowing who to show up for too?
0: Yeah. So I always say that when you're having difficulty showing up, it's usually because you're focusing on the right, on the wrong things. Uh, so one of the, and this, this is kind of like a, just a personal remedy as an example, but like when someone joins PTBI, I tell them you are no longer showing up for you, but you're showing up for us. We, as your teammates and your coaches and me as your mentor, we want to see you show up because I find that when people get in their head about showing up, it's because they're thinking about their friends from high school. They're thinking about their mom. They're thinking about their cousins. They think about all these people who are going to say negative stuff. But what happens when you focus on the people who are going to say positive things? Right? So one thing I actually said this to one of my clients, I was like, yeah, I'm worried to show up on my stories because I'm worried about what people are going to say. And I told them like, well, what am I going to say if you don't show up? right? Because now I'm going to judge you for not showing up, right? And after that moment, he says, every time I pop on my story, I just think about what's that going to say, right? And so I always say, shift your perspective on from someone who is going to maybe potentially talk bad about you, which by the way, guys, no one ever really does. Like it doesn't really happen. And if it ever does happen, like it's not that serious. So shift your perspective for someone who might say that to someone who will actually be extremely proud of you for saying that. Right? And if you don't have someone, find a support group, find someone that you can team up, team up with and push each other and hold each other accountable.
1: Yeah, I found a lot of the ways that I kind of talk to clients about this too is like when somebody talks trash about you, it's usually just a projection of their insecurities. And then for the most part, they end up coming back around like a year or two later. Always. And then they're like, oh, wow, you're actually doing something incredible here. And they kind of realize that like those are the people who need the most help too because they have a lot of behavioral change issues they have to go through. And it's also just an ego thing for them, I think, for the most part too. Um,
0: well, so one another story that I always tell is like people... People place you in this box, and they have you as an identity in a specific way because they see you a certain way. And as soon as you try to step out of that box, they try to put you back into that box. And I always, I always share this story: is like, imagine your friend comes to you and says, "Hey, I'm gonna be a rapper." The first thing that you do is you go, "Okay, like, all right, dude, like, cool, right?" No one believes you. But six months later, if that person releases an EP and does it, uh, his first show, you're going to be like, oh, shit, you actually did it. Like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. So at first you will kind of meet some resistance, but you have to prove yourself. You have to prove these people wrong because they're, if they doubt you, it's because they see you as a certain way and they don't think that you can actually do it. So you have to prove themselves like you know, a, a friend being a rapper or something.
1: I totally agree. And I think that's one thing, like I said, I mean, a lot of people come around, you know, Um, that also kind of leads me to another thing I wanted to ask you too, Zach is like, I actually talked about this with a few of my clients for fitness coaching the other day, which it's kind of bizarre to think that some of the people who are closest to you have resistance towards, you know, people, people doing online coaching, Like you don't get a stable paycheck, right? You have no idea if it's going to take off or not. Um, What advice do you have for people who are stepping into the space, who have resistance from people around them, like family, friends who are not supportive
0: of their journey? Again, so that's going to be around st- strategically placing yourself around people who understand. Um, I always say that you you cannot you cannot change someone. It's not going to be worth your time and energy to change how someone thinks, change what their beliefs are. It's going to be much better for you to find new people who already who are already there. Right. So me starting my business back home, it was really like you know none of my friends really understood online coaching. None of my parents thought it was a stable income. They all wanted me to go to school. And so that was like a paradigm in which, you know, I was going to have to fight really freaking hard. It was going to take a lot of time and energy for me to try to change how every single person thought, or I could just move to San Diego and be surrounded by people who already understood me. Right. So that's another, another good thing about having a community, whether it's ECA or PTBI, like You're injected into a community of people who already understand you and you don't need to justify yourself. You don't need to explain yourself. They already get it, right? And everybody else who doesn't understand, like, it's not – I usually just don't talk to them, right? I usually don't talk to them. When I'm at home, my parents are like, oh, you know, my family's like, hey, what are you up to? I'm like, oh, I'm just – I got my own business. Things are going great. Don't try to explain anything else. Don't try to go into any detail. Like, I just leave it at that. And I know that those just aren't the people that I'm gonna understand. So I'm not gonna waste my time and energy. I can still love them and I can still show up and be there, be the family member for them, but I don't need to win their approval over what I'm doing. It doesn't matter.
1: I totally agree. And I think that that also helps you hone in on more of like the leadership side of things. The cool thing about this too, is like if there's ever boundary setting opportunities or communication surrounding that, I think it's also kind of cool. because It almost makes you uh, like uh try and not necessarily sell yourself, but I've found that it actually has helped me become a better communicator, which also sits into, you know, translates into sales calls. And like how I talk to my clients, doing like motivational interviewing and helping people like really come to the conclusion of like what you're doing is like safe with what you wanna do. And I also think it translates into like being a coach position too, which is really cool. Um, and that kind of leads me to my next question for you as well, Zach, because I know one of the other pillars that you said is focusing on sales. And I think it's kind of cool because I think sales and lead gen obviously go hand in hand. Um, like lead generation is sales, basically, um, in, my, in my personal opinion, because a lot of the times now it's like DM outreach and doing things that like copywriting that helps with marketing, right? Um, so for people who are kind of stepping into the space, what the foundation to getting better at sales and like lead generation Um, What do you feel like are some of the starting things that people can do or learn about to enhance their skills with sales and lead generation?
0: So I would say the number one thing, if you want to have a really good understanding about sales and lead gen is you have to understand humans. You have to understand humans. You have to understand psychology. You have to understand the way that people think, what motivates people, what gets people to not take action, what takes what gets people to take action. If you can learn really good communication, human to human, you will be a good lead gen and sales person no matter what your system looks like. right? Because if you can speak to humans, then you can just go outside into the grocery store or down the street and you can make a sale right then and there. Right. So, really, what sales and leadership comes down to is just human communication, understanding psychology about humans, understanding how we operate, how we think, what motivates us. And if you don't have good people skills, well, then that's where you should start always. Whereas, if you do have good people, people skills, you can hop on a sales call with no script whatsoever and no plan and still leave the call with a sale just because you understand how to have a good conversation.
1: Right. And I think this is one of the bigger things to dive into too, is studying almost like the human psyche. And it's so interesting because it's like, you start off as like, okay, I want to be a fitness coach. And then like all this other stuff comes along with it, which I think is the cool aspect of it too. Uh, I also think it's one of those things where we talked about in the beginning, like mastering your life is also like how you master your business. Because if you master communication, like you're also mastering relationships, friendships, and that also allows for you to grow your network too, which I mean, this year for us, I think even alone Zach too, has just been such a massive contribution to being being able to grow um, and I know for me I used to be so, be so awkward when I would like first get started with like trying to understand how to navigate conversations so for anyone out there who is just like that awkward person who just has a really hard time with like, understanding other people um, what would you say would be like one of the things that helped you with just getting better at communication like approaching people and understanding people
0: so don't take this as conventional advice I'm just gonna share like my actual experience like what I actually did Uh, there's two books that I read at two different times in my life. One was how to win friends and influence people. I read this book while I was working at a yogurt shop and I made a promise to myself that every single stranger that came into this yogurt shop, I was going to talk to them and try to have a genuine conversation with them for as long as humanly possible. And that got me really out of my comfort zone to just meet new people, say hello, and just have a conversation with them and get better at small talk. I took that over to the gym as well. And I would just go up to people in the gym give them compliments, ask if they want to catch a workout. And I would just meet people, you know, doing that. And then what it really accelerated, my, my communication skills really accelerated. What happened was I, I went through a breakup with a girlfriend and I had dated this girl for close to three, three to four years. And, uh, it was after I moved to San Diego. So I knew absolutely nobody. And, you know, talking to girls was like painful for me. It was like very, very painful. So I read this book, I forget what it was called. Uh, But it was pretty much just a book on how to approach women. And what I would do is uh, while I was bussing tables, I would, again, just talk to every single person I knew or every single person that came in that I saw using what I was learning in that book. And I would actually go out to bars on like a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night by myself and just approach everybody. And for me, like the goal wasn't to like bring girls home or anything. It was just for me to, you know, talk to people, just stay in a conversation, and just have fun with it. And then when I got into sales, I was like, this is literally the same exact thing, like just asking questions, getting to know them, figuring out what they want, figuring out what their motivations are. And uh, it translated very well into sales. And now I feel very confident that I can go up and talk to anybody about anything and feel you know, totally fine in that conversation. So I think just mastering the skill of talking to strangers at first will dramatically increase how you do on sales calls
1: yeah i think it also too because dm outreach is such like a massive technique and like strategy for lead generation nowadays too like that's also something like you're literally just starting conversations with strangers in yeah. every day you know um, which is something that's really good at translating to into, i found um another thing too that I've, I've recently learned which has helped me a lot just understand other people is like really studying and understanding like, emotional intelligence and how to just be a more emotionally intelligent person because not everybody is uh will kind of like be the same in regards to how you communicate with them like some people will be more like defensive with certain things if you approach them whereas other people like need to be called out and i think being able to read people's like energy and like navigate um, almost like honestly especially if people have like any kind of traumatic background like those are the people who tend to get like defensive with s- certain situations or like when you ask you know questions with like motivational interviewing or i um, just trying to open them up and those are the people who usually need the most help. So I think it's also understanding like how to read people's energy and like how to talk to people based off of like, what their needs are as well. And I found for me personally, that's been one of the big pillars for like leadership specifically, especially with me working with like, coaches who outsource and build like company cultures and teams is that if you want to build like an awesome company culture and team too, um, it takes a lot of like understanding how to communicate with different people. Um, and some books that I've read that are really good for that is like, I read a uh, emotional intelligence for the modern leader. And that is like a really good book to help improve um, and just understand like what you need to do to be a more awesome person, I think to communicate with others too, um, which translates into sales. Which is dope, so,
0: Yeah. And one thing I would say is like, I feel like at the end of the day, empathy is the word that that pretty much encompasses exactly what we're talking about, but it, it, it goes so much further than just sales. It goes into friendship, it goes into your relationships, it goes into like everything, because at the end of the day, it's all just human to human connection. And people forget that social media, it's not just like a robot on the other side. It's not just a dollar sign on the other side. It's an actual person that's receiving the message on the other side. It's just the mode of communication is different. It's through a phone rather than face-to-face, but you still have to imagine as if you're speaking face-to-face with a total stranger. Like it's the same thing.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I totally agree. And I think also it translates into, you know, it's like these pillars, like they all kind of come full circle. But also like with the delivery aspect too, is like people are going to be receptive to information when it's given in a way that's feasible and easily digestible. Um, But also that resonates with them too. And I think that um that also trans like goes into the content aspect of things too like if you understand how to kind of dig into someone's like pain point and really get into it like that's where you're gonna see you know content showing up leadership skill diving into like the sales the lead generation and then it also seeps into delivery which i think community is honestly a huge part of delivery too um and zach you've done a really great job of i think cultivating and focusing on like the community aspect of things um I kind of want to cover like delivery as like the last pillar here um, and awesome. dive into that so if you want to give um, some tidbits on how you feel like that can kind of translate into delivery and how that helps with the other pillars of business
0: so how communication translates to delivery
1: yeah communication and how like delivery honestly pours back into lead generation and sales
0: yeah so communication pours into delivery the same as like well, to, well, let me back up first. So the relationship doesn't start at the, or the relationship doesn't end at the sale. It starts at the sale. So delivery is all about getting your client from where they're starting at the sale to all the way to the end of the journey. So the job isn't done when you make the sale. The job is done when your client gets to the end of their journey and they have transformed. So you need to maintain constant communication and continue that motivational interviewing as you're getting your clients from the beginning of the journey to the end of the journey. Because I guarantee you, the reason why they're hiring you as a coach is because they probably tried this before. And somewhere along the line, something came up to where they couldn't get past that mark, which is why they're hiring you as a coach. So you have to predict that at some point along way, there's going to be some type of sticky point that they are going to need help with to get over in order for them to get to that last end of the um, journey, as you would say. So that communication comes into compliance and retention, right? Keeping them motivated long-term because it's not enough just to get them to say yes. What's really going to tra- change their life is getting them all the way to the end. So you have to understand that communication is going to be along that process. Now, as far as delivery going back into legion, what delivery is really all about is just building out a system that's scalable, but also gets your clients really great results. So one of the best things I have to say for delivery is building out resources as you go along and as your business grows, that's going to actually help you scale back or scale out of your business so that way you don't spend as much time one-to-one. But one limiting belief that I see all the time with coaches and delivery is they say, oh, well, if I build these resources and I scale out of one-to-one, they're not getting the same amount of value or they're not going to feel like they're getting attention. But I always say that you build your relationship with your clients by spending time with them. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like your time on the spot as it's going. Because if you have an hour-long video for training in your in your delivery section and, that, and your client is spending that hour with that video, well, they're actually spending that time with you because they're listening and watching you and you are still educating them. And so that's actually what builds that relationship but you don't have to be there. And I say this all the time, I see this happening. I sometimes I'll sign people in the PTBI. I won't hear them for, I won't hear back from them for 3 weeks and they'll reach out to me and tell me stuff that I'm like, "Whoa, like that's like really personal stuff." But the reason why they feel so comfortable telling me is because they just spent 3 weeks watching me for hours and they feel like they know me so well. And so I'm actually building that relationship with them without actually having to be there in the delivery I'm able to spend that time actually going out and getting more leads and more sales, which actually helps me grow the business more. So building out a really good delivery system, one builds a really strong relationship with your clients, gets your clients all the way to the end of their journey, not just to the sale, but to the end of their journey and allows you to free up time so you can go bring in more people uh, into the system.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. And I think a lot of people like, have those uh, limiting beliefs when they first get started, where they're like doing the one-to-one calls. Like I had a hundred clients on my roster at one time, I was psychotic. And uh, I was like still offering like the occasional one-to-one call, which is just like so gnarly to think about how things have changed over the past like five years of coaching. But I think so many people have the limiting belief that if they're not doing one-to-one strategy sessions or calls with their clients, that they're not giving them the equal amount of delivery that they can when in reality, you were able to take a step back. If if you're not doing you know, if you have 20 clients and you're doing 20 calls a week like let's, let's, say, yeah. Yeah, let's say it's like 10 hours or 20 hours right if you're doing an hour long call or 30 minutes that's 10 hours that you could be building up a massive amount of content and working on getting more people into your program what i find happen is like people teeter-totter if they're doing one-to-one calls or if they're focusing too much on one specific area of their business, like one week they'll have a bunch of sales calls and then they won't do DMs that week. And then yes. the following week they'll have no sales calls. And it's kind of the same with like delivery. You like bring in a bunch of clients, build a bunch of resources, but while you're building, you're not doing lead gen. So they don't have more clients to filter in. Yes. So I think it's really important to focus on the building as you run along with it and like constantly just be like adding more and more value. And um, I think another thing too, is like stepping outside of the box and thinking like, how can you, Create deliverables or time and space for your clients, that's not what you know everyone else is doing. Because if you build up a community, that's gonna be unique to like what your specific business offers. And I think that's something that's really important for new coaches to think about. Like think about if you're a coach, what would you want to see in a program? You know, which is also why I think it's really important for coaches to invest in a fitness coach at some point. Like that is gonna be a huge foundation for you to be able to learn and understand what it looks like to be a part of a program too. Um, what delivery could
0: look like. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, I think it is good for you to build as you go at a, like as well, because I've seen this many, many times where I have you know, my systems running, sales going, lead gen going, and then I have to put everything on pause for like 30 days and build as much as I possibly can and know damn well that I'm taking a pay cut that month because I have to stop everything in order to build. So if I were to go back, I would I would just do it as you go. Have Monday through Friday for one on one calls, Saturday and Sunday build resources until eventually those resources can replace your one on one calls. Yeah.
1: I totally agree. And that's something that I find myself doing with ebbing and flowing with like content creation and also with like course building and creation is like, you can easily just build one module per week if you want to build up a course, you know, if you want to build a client handbook, slowly add a PDF in a week or add in a video to the PDF that you've created weekly. And I think it helps you more in the long run anyway, but that also creates a chronological almost like journey for the person that's going through with that same pain point. Because you're likely going to attract people who have the same pain points and need to go through like a chronological journey to learn. Um I think a lot of coaches too kind of get fearful and like, well, if I teach them everything, like they're gonna no, but be retained they're going to leave afterwards well also right now three months in the finish is not a long time so realistically what we do and one thing i think it's important to focus on more from like the coaching aspect is like we go with a lot of people who need to understand why they need more than three months in our journey with client delivery that helps so much with resigns and retention because we, we realistically bring people on for like nine to twelve months in our program that's pretty much like the average time frame usually we'll sign a six month contract and then resign for another group so and that's because throughout our program, we're teaching about metabolic adaptation. We're talking about how you need protocol changes over time because your body changes. And I think that's something that you can into into delivery, which makes retention so much easier too.
0: Um,
1: and that's something that I think a lot of coaches kind of miss out on is they like, oh, let me just like, teach, you know, macros, or let me teach this, or let me teach this. Well, we need to help them understand the why behind the longevity. Um I think with delivery, that's a really key aspect in being able to have better retention too.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful yeah and then on the opposite side of retention something i always say too is like when you sign a client there's either one there's one or two things going to happen either they move on or you work with them until they die right One's more realistic right obviously the first one at, at some point one way or another whether it be three months six months 12 months from now they are going to move on because they're not, not everyone's going to stick with until you die or they die at some point they're moving on so Knowing that and understanding that going into the relationship, wouldn't you want to be the one to be the to, to be the one that gives them absolutely everything, so that way when they move on, they are set for the rest of their life, and anyone who asks them who helped them the most, they say your your, your name. Right.
1: Yeah, I think that's important to tack on too, like you well, know, obviously letting them know that, hey, it's longer than three months, but also making sure that like, hey, afterwards, like it's one of the really big selling aspects too, I think for a lot of coaches is like, hey, we want you to not need us forever. And I think that's something that with FTF, like we try to try to establish too, which is like why we call our program Transform for Life is like, you know, if you're also instilling that in your clients and helping them make a transition to being by themselves eventually, like, that also is a huge aspect as well. And I think they just really honor that. It's like, they know that you're not trying to keep them forever, but at the same time, we are keeping them in like, Incubation period that they need to like absorb all that information and
0: you know, yeah, cool. Good
1: stuff. I think we'll finish off here. That was awesome. So, if you guys don't follow, uh, if you guys don't follow Zach, um, or if you guys are new coaches in the space, please like head over to his profile. He is always actively accepting clients into his program, which is just an absolute phenomenal program. He's just plenty of people over our way, and they just come in with like the best mindset and just like awesome systems. So, Zach, you want to tell people where to find you, tell them what's
0: up. Yeah, you guys can find me on Instagram. That's my main bread and butter. So just my name, Z-A-K-K-C-O-L-B-R-N. From there, you can find my podcast. You can find my YouTube channel. You can apply for coaching or apply for the PTBI program that we're talking about. But uh, yeah, I mean, Instagram, Z-A-K-K-C-O-L-B-R-N, that is where you'll find me.
1: Cool. Sweet. Well, Zach, thank you so freaking much. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate you guys. And we'll chat soon.